What's up, boys and girls? Welcome to another episode of Sweater Weather, a Chicago Blackhawks podcast. My name is Luke. I'm joined once again by Abe. How's it going, Abe? You already know. I'm not sharing it with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's weird how we do the introductions, even after you've already been here for like an hour. Um, yeah, right. So, um, we haven't had a lot of Blackhawks stuff to talk about recently. Uh Although a lot of exciting stuff's been going on in the playoffs, uh, I'm going to go over some, uh, just a couple of uh, Blackhawks-related news items here, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll get into some, uh, we'll talk about what's been going on in the playoffs, and then there was uh, one discussion topic I wanted to go over. Um, so uh, jumping right into this, uh, number one, sorry, I got a, a burp, oh, all right, there it is, um, number one. Ian Mitchell uh, has elected to return to Denver next season for his uh, for his junior year, rather than going pro and signing with the Blackhawks, which is unexpected. Um, I guess uh, Scott Powers had recently met with him, and uh, at the time, his plan was still to sign with the Blackhawks after his season ended. Uh, that's what I thought was going to happen, and uh, it did not happen. Uh, it sounds like he... He wants to continue his development. He feels like he's not quite ready to go pro yet. Wants to make sure that he's like really ready to, you know, try to break into the lineup when he, when he gets there. Yeah. <clears throat> Be an instant impact type mm-hmm. player. Makes sense. Which I think is, it's it's good and bad. Uh, it's good because you know this way it's less likely that we'll screw up his development by, you know, maybe trying to. Uh, push him into the NHL too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's it's important. I think that he progresses at his own pace. He's he's still really young. I think he's like nineteen or twenty. Uh, kid can't even drink yet. Yeah. Well, legally. Um, uh, and then you know it's 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 good because uh, uh, we've already got a logjam of defensemen coming back next year, and. That's just one less guy that we need to worry about finding a place for. Mm-hmm. It's bad because he probably would have been, uh, you know, we really want these guys fighting for our roster spots as soon as possible. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm willing to be patient with these guys. But still, we, we got we to gotta really overhaul the defense before next season because otherwise we're, you know, we, we might not we'll end up... the playoffs again, most likely. <laughs> yeah, especially if you consider what our division looks like right now because you know uh, uh, Nashville and Winnipeg are still good uh, the Blues are pretty decent yeah the Blues they've found their rhythm uh, in fact they've done so well in the second half that um, uh, what was his name Craig Berube or whatever uh, the, the guy who was uh, who took over as their interim coach interim he's now uh, a finalist for the Jack Adams really yeah yeah, it's uh, it's Berube. That's impressive. It really is. Uh, I mean, they were they were last in the league on like January third, and so they almost the won season. the division. Yeah, half a season, and he's mm-hmm. a finalist. I mean, I think uh, I think Doug Armstrong is owed a little bit of credit there because he really did. He was aggressive in free agency. Uh, he really went out there and you know built a roster that should have succeeded from the start. Mm-hmm. Seems like Mike Yo was just. Not the right coach for these guys. Um, uh, so yeah, those three are hot. They're probably going to be the one, two, and three seeds again. Uh, we've seen uh, we've seen Colorado 
uh, be really hot in the past uh, like a couple of months. Um, Just need they, better goaltending, really. Yeah, they is well, their biggest hole. It seems like. Uh, I mean, uh, Philip Grubauer has been really good for them. Uh, I don't know if they have like a, a reliable backup though. But they've been good enough to upset the uh, number one seed, uh, Calgary Flames, mm-hmm. in five games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then you got Dallas. Dallas is still doing just fine. They've got great goaltending in uh, uh, Ben Bishop. Um, you know, Jamie Ben and um, Tyler Sagan, they're still rock stars. Uh, what was uh, John Klingberg? John Klingberg, he's like their number one. Uh, defenseman right now, I think he's he's looking really good. I think he had the, I think he had the 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 series clincher in overtime against the Predators. Hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, they're looking very good. Uh, who else? Minnesota. Uh, they didn't look good this year, but who knows what they're going to do in like free agency? Yeah, I don't think they're ready to rebuild yet. Although they probably should. Um, let's see. Who else? Is that everybody? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So that's everybody. Um, so yeah, it could be us in Minnesota sitting out the spring dance next year if we don't, you know, figure out the defense. Because you can't expect Kane, Taves, and Debrinket to have all have career years again next season. <clears throat> yeah. No. I. <coughs> I don't see it happening. No. Uh, number two. Chris Versteeg has signed a one-year contract with the Rockford Icehawks. Uh, you all know Chris Versteeg as uh, the Blackhawks. Uh, what probably our best uh, uh, trade deadline acquisition in recent memory. He uh, uh, he was with us in 2015 when we won the Stanley Cup. Um, uh, if I recall, he wasn't very impressive the rest of the regular season, but he was super clutch in the playoffs. Yeah. I think he had, like, three game-winning goals or something like that. I don't know if that's the right number. He had some game-winning goals. I don't remember. How old is he, though? That's the one thing. I don't remember how old he is. He's he's older, but he's not that old. I think he's, like, 32. Okay. So and still possible production is there if yeah. he gets called up. Yeah, I think last season was plagued with injuries. Why? It's just like he, he didn't sign with an NHL team. But then he uh, he found that he could still produce at a pretty high level. So, uh, he will be at training camp. Okay. So, maybe I mean, there's... a bottom six player right there that yeah. could make a big impact. Maybe there's a chance that we have not seen Christopher Stieg in a Blackhawks uniform for the last time. This would be, what, the third time? Would it? Has he... Because I think he was on the team and then he left. Or was traded, I believe. So we got him in, we got him from what, Arizona or something in 2015. Was there another time that he was on the Hawks? I, I believe so. Hmm. Uh, if you want to look that up. I'm doing it right now. <coughs> and by the way, your little side question from earlier, I did find the, um, so today the NHL is going to announce the Calder finalists and tomorrow they'll announce the, uh, Hart finalists. Ah, Okay. Okay. Um, I think... I, actually, I'm going to predict the Calder finalists. I think it's going to be Elias Patterson from the Canucks. I think it's going to be Bennington from the Blues. 
and hmm, maybe maybe Svechnikov from the Hurricanes. Okay. I I think Bennington and Patterson are for sure gonna uh, be on the the list. I, I'm not sure about Svechnikov, but he's he's probably my pick. Um, and then I think that Patterson is gonna run away with it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So he started his career with the Hawks. Got traded in 2010. Oh, okay. And then he came back in 2013 to the Hawks. Gotcha. Yeah, all right. Awesome. So, yeah, this could possibly this be his, be his third his... rodeo with the Hawks. Or in the Hawks organization, anyway. Right. We don't know that he'll ever wear the Indian head sweater again. Uh, but, uh, so he, you know, he did some interviews and he kind of explained his reasoning. He said that he wanted to, you know, he really loves this organization and he wants to help us out and... Uh, maybe all that means is that he's going to mentor some of the younger guys who are developing in Rockford, which is great. Uh, but maybe it does mean that someday he'll, you know, he'll don the Indian head sweater again and he'll take up like a bottom six roster spot. And, you know, that would be pretty cool too. Mm -hmm. Um, although I do worry that if he did that, it would be, it'd be like, you know, when Patrick Sharp came back, like he had like 10 goals all year. You know, yeah, not very productive. Yeah, really. More of a like <clears throat> crowd pleaser than anything. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not like hypercritical of the decision to bring Sharpie back. I think he was totally fine for like he made a million dollars. He gave us ten goals and fifteen assists or whatever it was. I don't remember. He like his production was fine. He actually, I think, he did a lot of mentoring Alex to bring it because those two are really the same type of player like yeah, sharpshooters yeah um so plus uh he also you know he got to retire in a hawks uniform which is i think the way that he would have wanted to do it and the way that a lot of you know uh hawks fans would have wanted to do it mm -hmm. so that was really cool um moving on to number three putting the timestamps in might not even use the timestamps Number three, the Blackhawks and assistant coach Don Granado have mutually agreed to part ways. Quote, we appreciate Don's contributions to the Blackhawks organization on our staff. End quote, said coach Jeremy Colleton. I put too many quotes in there. <coughs> so Don Granado's leaving. Um, I wish I had more to say about this. I was actually reading an athletic article about uh, Don Granado leaving, mm. like just today at lunch, and I didn't finish it. Uh, so I'll have to finish reading that. Um, any athletic subscribers listening to this, you should absolutely uh, go read that as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm not too surprised. I think he was a. I think he was a carryover from the, uh, the Q. Yeah, the uh, the Q administration. So, I'm not too shocked that he would decide to leave or that. Yeah, I don't even know what he did with <clears throat> what part of the coaching staff he was with. So. Yeah, I'm not. I don't really know too much about like how the assistant coaches. I I, I do know that Kevin Deneen for Q was responsible for like special teams and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and uh, no offense, Kevin Deneen, but thank God he's gone. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then I know that like uh, Barry Smith was there for a while, like on an interim basis. Um, which, uh, if you recall, optically looked pretty bad right after they fired Q because Barry Smith was the guy who they like installed forcefully against Q's will onto Q's coaching staff back in 2012, the oh, first right. time that Q right. was in the hot seat. People don't realize how close Q was to getting fired back in 2012. Uh, 
Fortunately, the Hawks had a pretty good years, uh, pretty good year in 2013. <laughs> um, so uh, that bought Q some time. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so uh, I, that's all I really have to say about that. Uh, moving on to number four, I don't have these numbers. Number four, uh, Patrick Kane has been nominated for the Ted Lindsay Award along with Connor McDavid and Nikita Kucherov. Uh, the Ted Lindsay Award is the award that goes to, uh, I think it's most outstanding player yeah. voted on by the other players. Mm. I mean, it's most likely <coughs> going to be either McDavid or I feel like Kane. I don't think Kucherov is going to win it. Think so? I think it's going to come down to Kane or McDavid. Hmm. Now, I'm inclined to think that it'll be Kucherov just because of his insane production this season. Uh, it's not very often that a guy walks away with 128 points. But maybe Tampa being swept in the first round by the second wild card will sour everyone's opinions a little bit on uh, Kucherov. Possibly. Um, I don't see it. I don't see I, that. I, I factor. I I still think that Connor McDavid is the best overall player out of that group. Um, I don't know. I think, like I, I think Kane deserves a ton of credit for how he helped the Hawks get back into the race, but he was like non-existent in March. That's true. I think it's because of the big minutes he was playing. He was playing like twenty-three minutes a night, which is all so much for a forward. I don't know. I don't. I think it's either going to be McDavid or Kucherov, and you think it's either going to be Kane or McDavid, so mm -hmm. maybe it'll just be McDavid. Yeah. Yeah, that, I feel like that's most likely who it's going to be, especially because of how bad of a dumpster fire <coughs> Edmonton is regardless. Oh my gosh. I, I feel so bad for Connor McDavid. You know, maybe he should go play with the Hawks. He should go play for the Hawks. I'm just kidding. We don't have the cap space for that. I don't know. Actually, we do have the cap space for that, but then we wouldn't be able to keep Strom or Dabrinkin. I would be okay with that. <laughs> because um, McDavid's still really young. I guess. I don't know, man. I think I'd rather have two 20-goal scorers than one 40-goal scorer. Strom, Dabrinkin, and a bag of hockey pucks. Who says no? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it was you who sent it to me. Uh, like two years ago or something, there was that billboard in Edmonton. It's uh, it was like some like auto trade in company. They're like, we'll accept any trade except one, and it was just a big picture of McDavid's. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yep. Um, so moving on to number five, uh, the Blackhawks have officially taken the interim tag off of the Ice Hogs coach Derek King, so he will be uh, staying on in a more official capacity. Um, I. I haven't followed his work closely enough to really judge it. Uh, I do know that the Ice Hogs missed the playoffs this year. Um, I don't really know who's to blame for that. Probably Colleton being moved up to the head coach for the Hawks. And if this new coach has is install like instilling a new like offense or something, I just punched my cat in the fucking face. <laughs> I'm sorry, Stanley. <laughs> I was petting him, and he, I, I looked away, and I didn't see where his face was, and I just smacked the shit out of him. That's what you get for being a cat. 
Yeah, so I, I think maybe it, the the interim coach is um, maybe he's instilling a new offense or something. I don't know. It could be. It could be. I think uh, maybe it's it's kind of like the uh, the turbulence that Colton experienced earlier this season when he was basically like, you know, he's uh, like coach had a uh, 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 coach Q had a uh, a zone defensive system and then Colton's more of a man on man defensive system and. Uh, Carlton never really. Ah, that's good. My cat still loves me, even though I punched him in the face. Um, hi, buddy. Uh, but like, even you know, without like a full training camp and preseason and everything, the Hawks still aren't really playing Carlton's actual system. They're doing like a hybrid thing that mm-hmm. you know kind of sort of works. It it actually worked out pretty well in the last couple of weeks of the season. I think they had positive coursey numbers for the past couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah. Uh, who knows? I think the Hawks know what they're doing. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, and number one, two, four, five, six. Number six, uh, Patrick Kane has been selected as captain of Team USA at Worlds. Uh, I don't actually remember if we talked about this last week, but, uh, you brought it up and I'm glad you did, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we did, but, yeah. yeah captain, captain America. Captain America's back. It was like last year. Um. Uh, the actually the night that uh, Endgame released, I think I showed you, but um, the night the Endgame released, the Blackhawks put out this like just just really shitty video of like montage like, of Captain America. <laughs> it's like like a montage of Captain America in the Avengers films, and they like did like the really shitty like ap- like After Effects edit of like Kane's face on Captain America's body. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah, so. Uh, we're 18 minutes in. Maybe Let's, a break. Yeah, we'll we'll break now, and then uh, we will be right back to talk about some playoffs. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Joe Rogan Podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about some hockey playoffs. That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Um, uh, so, first of all, let's talk about uh, the Carolina Hurricanes upsetting the Washington Capitals in seven games. That was a wild game. Uh, I actually missed most of the regulation, but uh, I was uh, I was watching the the overtime periods, and it was insane how dominant Carolina was. It just felt like a matter of time before they scored the game winner there. Yeah, that and was then, it was Wednesday night, right? I think so. Yeah, cause I yeah, cause that's when I came back from my tattoo, and mm-hmm. you messaged me, and I turned it on. It was about halfway through the first overtime, so I caught that and. Yeah. The rest of the game. Yeah. That was wild. Uh, it was... Uh, I, uh, who was it? Justin Williams? Uh, Mr. Game 7. Mr. Game 7 assisted, had the primary assist on the game winner, scored by... I don't remember who. We're really bad at this. I'm sorry. It was somebody. Some somebody. Guy. Someone from the Hurricanes. Some jerk. Some jerk. <laughs> Bunch of jerks. Uh, yeah, but that was a wild game. I'm really happy for them. Uh, I kind of, I kind of, I mean, I think a lot of Hawks fans kind of regard the Hurricanes as like the Blackhawks uh, Southeast. Yeah. There are just so many former Hawks on that team. There used to be even more, though. Uh, I think Tara Vinan's the only one, right? Right now? Uh, Tara Vinan and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Oh, TVR, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's another guy I miss on the Hawks. Yeah. Oh, me too. 
man, we he's like just a, a just a solid young defenseman, and then we fucking gave him up in the draft lottery. Not the draft lottery, the, the expansion uh, draft. The expansion draft, and uh, that was ju- that was right before the uh, the seventeen eighteen season when our defense went to shit. Mm-hmm. Although that was for a lot of reasons, like losing Hosa and trading Jalmerson and um, all that stuff. But um, <clears throat> yeah, and then Kruger used to be over there. Uh, yep. Scott Darling was playing for them for a while. Yep. Uh, before you know his play really suffered and he took uh, a leave of absence. Uh, haven't heard about him in a while, but I hope he's doing all right. Um, wasn't Bickle with Carolina as well? Yeah, Brian Bickle. Brian Bickle. God, Carolina is like a hospice for former Blackhawks. Uh, uh, Joachim Nordstrom. Is it Joachim or is it Joachim? Joachim. I think it's Joachim. Joachim, Joachim, Joachim. Nordstrom. Because I think like different people say it differently. Like there's... No, I'm thinking of like Joachim Phoenix. Yes. Joachim Phoenix. He says it like that. He, says, he doesn't say Joachim Phoenix. But then there's Joachim Nordstrom. And there was, there's a, isn't there a Joachim in the NBA? Yes, Noah. Joachim Noah, yeah. Former bull. Yeah. Anyway, uh, good for you, Carolina. Uh, So how about that Sharks game seven? I regret falling asleep for that. (laughs) Seriously. Um, so I, I turned it on, uh, I own... I own a uh, Brent Burns jersey because I, I lost... Uh, I didn't really lose a bet. What I said is uh, I hated the, the Kings so much back in 2016. I said that if the, uh, if the Sharks upset the Kings, then I would buy a Brent Burns jersey. And that was the year that the Sharks went to the Stanley Cup final. So I bought a Brent Burns jersey. So I have a Brent Burns jersey sitting in the armory upstairs. The armory is what I call my closet that I put all my hawk sweaters in. Um... <clears throat> So Mel puts it on. We turn on the game. She falls asleep uh, because it's just it's all golden nights all night. And then uh, like it's not like halfway through the third period, uh, Cody Eakin gets called for a, uh, a cross checking major on uh, Joe Pavelski uh, right off the face off. Pavelski goes down. Actually, I think it was kind of a soft call. And actually, really, because the blood dripping from his head seemed to say otherwise. Yes, yes. He got knocked around. Pavelski got knocked around. I, but, like, I don't think... I, I, I can understand why the call was so controversial. Because uh, if you look at, like, what Eakin does in the replay, he doesn't cross-check him any harder than, you know, a like you would cross-check. in a normal face-off. Like, it didn't... And then on top of that, the refs didn't actually call it a penalty at the time. They stopped play because Pavelski was fucking bleeding all over the ice. And then they, like, retroactively decided that it was a major penalty. Um, but yeah, so he can, like, cross-check some, you know, no harder than you probably would in any other face-off. Uh, and then I think uh, Paul Stasny, like, like trips him. Like, not on purpose or anything, but he's, like, in the way. Pavelski goes down, hits his head. He's bleeding all over the ice. Uh, he gets carted off the ice by Thornton and Burns and all these guys. Joe Thornton, now knowing that the Sharks have a five-minute major, he goes to the bench. He wrangles up the power play guys, and he goes, you guys go out there and score three fucking goals right now. And then they scored four. Yeah. And then, you know, just because the game wasn't exciting enough at this point, uh, 
the Golden Knights got one back. Goes to overtime. And then uh, who's the guy? Who's the guy that scored in overtime? Uh, oh, his name was his name was Goudreau, I think. But it wasn't like Johnny Goudreau. It's spelled like G O O D R O W. Whoever that guy was. Mm. But um, so that was absolutely wild. Probably a lot of pissed off Golden Knights fans. Yeah, I, I wish I would have watched it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But oh well. I was I was tempted to actually go back to the DVR, just like play it back, but yeah, <clears throat> I forgot. Yeah, absolutely wild. Uh, and they were down three to one in the series before that, so it was a pretty big comeback. Um, it is clearly a, a close series overall. Three one leads are never safe. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, and I didn't put the timestamp in for that one. Oh well. Oh well. Uh, four minutes, or whatever. I'm not even going to use these timestamps. I'm going to upload this shit in one big block of audio. Um, the stars beat the predators in six games. Six. Yep. Six games. Yeah. Uh, so go stars. Good for them. Fuck the preds. Uh, and then the blues beat the jets. Uh, boo blues. Um, was that in seven? No, that was in um, five? Five or six. Because all four of the top seeds, it went sweep, five, six, seven. I think. Maybe it was five. I think that's how it went. But yeah, so I, I kind of expected that outcome just because of how hot the Blues have been since, you know, January. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so, I mean... It's the better team won. Sucks it is the Blues, though. Uh, I just... I don't want the Blues to do too well because I, I... I got a friend who's a Blues fan and he is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> okay, so uh, that about covers it for the playoffs. Um, there's been a couple of round two games so far, but nothing really noteworthy has come out of those so far. Uh... The Hurricanes beat the Islanders one to nothing in overtime the other night. That was pretty wild, uh, low scoring game for sure. Um, let's move on to a, uh, a discussion topic I wanted to go over. We actually talked about this the last time we got together, but I wanted to talk more about what the Hawks could do with that number three overall pick in June. <clears throat> so I've done a little bit of homework. And while the, uh, the, the top two are definitely going to be Jack Hughes and Capo Caco, there is a, uh, there's another tier of players that, like, it's, it's really a toss-up between, like, like, these five or six players or so. Um, so it comes down to, I think, what the Hawks are going to want. Um, so first of all, uh, a lot of people have, like in the, the power rankings, they have um, uh, Vasily Podkalzin. He's that Russian right winger, the guy who signed with the KHL for two more years, who if the Hawks drafted him, he probably wouldn't actually make an NHL appearance uh, for you know two more seasons. But 
he would theoretically be our highest, like in terms of ceiling, he'd be our best prospect since Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's still the Russian factor, though. There's a little bit of risk that goes into that. So maybe the Hawks want to draft a guy who's kind of like Patrick Kane. I don't know that he'd be as good as Patrick Kane, but uh, he'd be up there. Right. <clears throat> then you've got a couple of high-end centers. You've got Kirby Doc, you've got Alex Turcott, and you've got Dylan Cousins. Uh, and you can kind of, like, you can dig into these three guys, and you can pick out which one does which thing best, uh, but they all pretty much project to be top six centers. So these are a little bit more like your Jonathan Taves. Again, I don't know if they'll be as good as Jonathan Taves, per se. Uh, I don't know if they have, like, those leadership qualities. But they seem like they're all, you know, they're all high-end top six centers who are well-rounded players. So uh, so maybe the Hawks go that direction. Maybe they want to solidify their future at center. The last, uh, the last guy I would want to go over is um, <clears throat> uh, Bowen Byram. Now, he's a defenseman. And I think a lot of people are going to write this guy off immediately because the Hawks have gone in on defensemen in the first couple of rounds for the last couple of years. And our system is currently stacked with high-end defensemen. <coughs> but the reason that I think that it's a real possibility that the Hawks take him is because not only does Bowen Byram project to be a number one defenseman, but none of the guys that we've selected recently do. You know, they're like twos, threes, and fours at best. Okay. It's like if... It's kind of like if we already had, like, our, our Seabrook, Jalmerson, and Oduya waiting in the wings. But we don't have our Duncan Keith yet. So maybe we draft our Duncan Keith. And then we go out and we fix our offensive problems, our depth scoring, uh, our short-term, you know, like, defensive problems in trades and free agency. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to put it, you know, probably a little too simply, do you think the Hawks go for a Patrick Kane type player, a Jonathan Taves type player, or a Duncan Keith type player with that number three pick? I think the smart number would be to go for that Duncan Keith type player. Because top... Two defensemen are hard to come by right now. Yes. It's like the only way you can get them is if you you develop them yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to draft and develop them yourself. And yeah, cause any teams with common sense are locking those guys up long term. Yeah. And then, you know, occasionally you'll come across like like the Eric Carlsons who are, you know, leaving a, like a rebuilding team. Mm-hmm. But that's just assuming that like these rebuilding teams have a number one defenseman to give up. Right. Like, if the Hawks decided to... You know, if, if things went south for the Hawks like we thought that maybe they would at the beginning of this season, and they decided to rebuild, we wouldn't have a number one defenseman, really, that we could, you know, uh, sell off in a rebuild. We'd, like, we've got uh, past his prime Duncan Keith, uh, and then not much else. It's 
we've got some high and forward talent, but not much else. Yeah, and then also keep in mind those no movement clauses. Yeah. Um. So I actually, I'm kind of in the same mindset as you are on this. Uh, I've I've gone back and forth a couple of times. I feel like almost it depends on the day what what I'm going to say if I'm asked that question. Which of these guys should we draft? But. I keep coming back to Bo and Byron. Uh, I feel like, you know, if we go out and we get this guy who projects to be a number one defenseman and we have him, you know, we have Duncan Keith mentor this guy, uh, then he's our number one defenseman of the future. We can fill in, you know, once uh, once uh, Kane and Taves and, uh, you know, uh, these, these more veteran guys are past their prime, We've got our number one defenseman. We can fill in those offensive holes, you know, through the draft, through free agency, through trades. Um, but it's just, it's so hard to, to come across a number one defenseman. And then maybe some of the guys that we have uh, in the system right now are, are Ian Mitchell, uh, Nicholas Bodan. Um, Boquist. Boquist. <coughs> maybe... Maybe some of those guys become trade bait. Yeah. I don't see us trading Boquist. I think the Hawks think of that Boquist is going to be like our future Eric Gustafson, but probably with like a better defensive upside. Mm-hmm. And maybe even a higher offensive upside. I don't think they'll trade their number seven pick. Uh, I also don't think that they would trade Henry Yoki Haru because he is the closest to NHL ready of those guys. And yeah. we really do need, you know, defense sooner rather than later. Yeah. But I could see Mitchell and Bodan being on the table, on the trading block. Yeah, I mean, it could also be one of those things where they could possibly explore a trade with Yoki Haru if he doesn't pan out the way they want him to. Possibly. I don't think there's any sign of that. No. Right now. So but, but you never know. Yeah. I think... I could see him maybe not... Uh, Ending up being as good as he you know, originally projected to be. I could see that. I could see maybe, you know, maybe this rebuild, like, eh, it's not really a rebuild. This, like, retooling thing that they're doing, maybe it doesn't pan out. And they decide to sell him off or something. Well, even then, he's still young. I don't know if, I don't know. There are probably scenarios in which we trade Yoki Haru, but I don't see any of them happening anytime soon. Uh, so, yeah, it feels like we're kind of simpatico on this. Like, we're thinking maybe the best option is Bowen Byram because we could have our number one defenseman of the future. Yeah, because they usually say for draft, draft the best available player. But mm-hmm. in this case, you need to think long-term because your superstars are starting to get up there in age. Mm-hmm. Your best defensive players are also getting up there in age mm-hmm. so yeah and even the Blackhawks current core uh I think Duncan Keith was like the first one drafted of those guys mm-hmm. uh just uh it thinking in terms of like the the magnificent seven the guys who are here for the seven guys who are here for all three cups uh Keith Seabrook Jomerson uh Kane, Taves, Sharp, Hosa. A couple of those guys were free agent signings. 
Hoss was a free agent signing. Um, Sharp was a free agent signing too because I think he came over from. Minnesota. I think Sharp was a trade or a trade. Okay, I think he came here from Philly. <clears throat> okay, I think he was traded from Philly, but the rest of those guys were draft picks. Right, and I think uh, uh, Keith and Seabrook were picked in oh oh two and oh three or oh three and oh four. I think oh three and oh four, something like that. <clears throat> yeah, so maybe Jarson was I think no Taves was oh six, Kane was oh seven. Mm-hmm. So. so maybe what you do is you you build your cup-winning core from the defense outward. Because mm-hmm. that's usually the best <clears throat> way to do it, because de- defensive players take longer to develop than offensive players. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, th- then you got goalies, and goalies are just a crapshoot. It's yeah. almost like you got to get as many goalies as possible and hope that one of them pans out. Mm-hmm. Russian so. roulette yeah. with goalies. So, yeah. Maybe it's Byron. Maybe they pick Byron. Mm-hmm. When's the draft? In June? June 20th? 21st? Something like that. Okay. I think I think the 20th through the 21st. Okay. So the first round would be, like, June 20th. That might not be the right date. Someone double-check me on that. Tweet at us if I got that wrong. At SweaterPod. Let us know. Uh, we've gotten zero corrections so far. Which either means that we are perfect, or no one listens to this fucking show. Um, maybe it's a little both. <clears throat> uh, but I think, uh, unless you got anything more to add to that, um, I think we could wrap it up right there. Uh, we'll find out in a couple of months what the Hawks are going to do with that number three pick. Uh, we're going to keep watching the playoffs. When we've got things to talk about regarding the Blackhawks, we will we'll make a new podcast. We'll put it up. Uh, you're going to be unavailable for a little while. Yeah, the next two weeks. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be out of town, and are you just, you're, you're going to Denver. Was there something else? That, I'm that, still undecided about open air, which is literally that Saturday I come, after I come back from Denver. Who's playing at open air? Um, the big ones are Tool and System of a Down are like the two big, mm. the biggest ones. Okay, yeah. But lots of bands are playing, too. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so you won't be here for a little while. Um, uh, we actually, we were talking about maybe putting up a, uh, we, 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 had, we had some ideas for a, uh, uh, like a filler episode that we could put up next week. You'll, you'll find out, you'll find out about that, you know, in a little bit. You'll see what we got in store. But it might not be Blackhawks related. Uh, all that being said, um, I'm Luke, he's Abe. Uh, this is uh, Sweater Weather, a Chicago Blackhawks podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. Again, tweet at us at SweaterPod. Let us know if you have any questions, concerns, complaints, corrections. We're listening. Um, we will talk to you another time. Bye. Bye.